If this ridiculous assertion is pushed hard enough, it may be the moment that wakes up many Democrats. Joe Biden just red-pilled thousands of Democrats. Mr. Reagan. So Joe Biden has now insinuated that, get this, Donald Trump is the cause of all the riots. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Here is the video. You know, to, uh, to quote uh, um, Kelly Conway, she said, and I'm paraphrasing today, that they're looking for more violence and more disruption because it helps them politically. He views this as a political benefit to him. You know, he's rooting uh, for more violence, not less. And it's clear about that. And what's he doing? He's kept pouring gasoline on the fire. Let me ask you, you just said that you believe that the president is rooting for the violence. You think the president of the United States is rooting for the violence because he thinks it helps him politically? I think he views it as a political benefit. I, I had a quote here from Kellyanne Conway. She said, the more chaos and anarchy and vandalism and violence reigns, it equals, it's better for us, it's very clear choice it presents for us. This is, I mean, look, this is the same guy when people came out of Charlottesville and a young woman gets killed and they're, they're spewing hate and their veins bulging and carrying swastikas and white supremacists. And he's get asked, what about what just happened? He said, they're very fine people on both sides. He just keep pouring fuel on the fire. He's encouraging this. He's not diminishing it at all. This is his America now. And you want to end where we are now, we've got to end his tenure as president. The incumbent president is incapable of telling us the truth. He wants to generate heat, and he's stroking violence in our cities. Violence of extremists and opportunists, right-wing militias, white supremacists, vigilantes, you know, who infiltrate protests, carrying weapons of war, hoping to wreak havoc and to derail any hope and support for progress. The senseless violence of looting and burning and destruction of property. Fires are burning and we have a president who fans the flames rather than fighting the flames. This president long ago forfeited any moral leadership in this country. He can't stop the violence because for years he's fomented it. His failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows how weak he is. But it's not just Joe Biden. These other Democrats concur. The president is willfully fanning the flames of this violence. Uh, as his own advisor Kellyanne Conway said last week, they believe the violence is helpful to them. Uh, and the president is only motivated by one thing, what's in it for him. And he sees this violence uh, and the, the, his ability to agitate more of it as useful to his campaign. What it does to the country, the loss of life, he doesn't care. 180,000 people have died from the pandemic uh, because of his incompetence and this malignant narcissism. Uh, and he simply not only won't uh, act to stop the violence in the streets, but he will try to send federal uh, National Guard forces or others to aggravate it uh, if he can. He will stoke it through his social media where he can because he believes the violence helps him. That is the sad and tragic truth about this, but also about the Trump presidency more generally. Uh, the uh, encouragement that the president, the acquiescence, if not more than that, that he gives to vigilantes uh, coming in to make matters worse in these situations is something uh, that the president should be quelling rather than encouraging. We all respect peaceful demonstrations. 
we don't want them to be exploited by outside groups, be they uh, uh, vigilantes and the rest, uh, to stir, stir it on. Do you seriously wonder, Mr. President, why this is the first time in decades that America has seen this level of violence? It's you who have created the hate and the division. And it's you who claimed that white supremacists are good people. You've tried to divide us more than any other figure in modern history. And now you want me to stop the violence that you helped create. Clearly stokes racial violence, who stokes racism. The president, in my opinion, encourages that. He only means to agitate things, and he's going to do everything to disrupt law and order. Wouldn't it be nice for the president of the United States to take to the microphone and send a message for peace and calm, talking to those, those who are on his side, Mm -hmm. his supporters, who have come in and taken the lives of people trying to send a calming and peaceful message. You know, listen to the words of Kellyanne Conway. She said this last week, the more chaos and anarchy and vandalism and violence reigns, the better it is, those are her words, for the very clear choice on who's best on public safety and law and order. All right, Senator. This is a strategy to wreak havoc. He's been doing that. He's been leading. It's exactly the opposite of what we've been seeing from Trump, who's been trying to incite violence this entire summer. Just wait a second. (laughs) The president is inciting violence? Absolutely. He has. He has encouraged uh, his supporters to go out to be aggressive. You heard, you were just discussing with Laura Trump, Kellyanne Conway said it unapologetically. It is better for this president if there is more anarchy, more violence, more chaos. He has at every opportunity tried to fan the flames here. And we're, and that is the reason we are living in Donald Trump's America. Now these degenerate Democrats are trying to cite Kellyanne Conway's recent comments about how these riots are actually helping Donald Trump to win. But Kellyanne Conway didn't indicate that Trump was happy about the violence. That is absurd. The reason he's going to get a a boost from the riots is because he's standing so strongly against the violence. Kellyanne Conway makes very clear what she's saying. The riots have illuminated a distinction between Trump and Biden with regard to law and order. Trump constantly condemns the riots while Biden constantly supports them. Trump is for law and order. Biden is supporting rioting, which he calls peaceful protests. So the Democrats' line of thought is this. Trump recognizes that he benefits from the distinction between his position against the riots versus Biden's position supporting the riots. Therefore, Trump recognizes that the riots are a good thing for him. Therefore, he wants the riots. Therefore, he is the cause of the riots. Sure. Over the past four years, Dr. Evil, a.k.a. Orange Man, a.k.a. Donald Trump, has been intentionally causing racial division in America, so they say, because he somehow knew that if rights broke out, that the Democrat nominee running against him in 2020 would inexplicably support said riots, and then Trump would look good because of that. Right. (laughs) And I should point out that every time Trump is accused of this, nobody, none of the Democrat, Biden, Pelosi, any of these people, they never point to any specific thing that Trump has ever done or said, which has actually caused 
any racial strife or division intentionally or unintentionally. They just say that he does it. There's no evidence. They just say it. Well, here's the thing. Trump does not cause racial division. The mainstream media does. Every time CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, BuzzFeed, or any other leftist rag lies to the public and claims that Donald Trump is a racist, they cause racial strife. Whenever they claim that Trump supporters are racist, they cause racial strife. Whenever they claim that the police are racist, they cause racial strife. It's the media, people. It's the news media, and it's Hollywood. They're causing all the racial problems that we see right now. It's not Trump. Trump is a victim. Trump is a target that you've created in order to funnel all the hate that you're creating into a concentrated stream of vitriol. But now the Democrats have gone too far. To claim that Trump wants violent riots because he sees that it's helping him get reelected, and so he's, that means that he's somehow causing all of this, I mean, no one is going to believe that. In principle, you can apply this to any perceived catastrophe that's approached with varying degrees of seriousness by the different parties. Climate change is a great example. Republicans tend to dismiss climate change as natural or not a significant problem, whereas Democrats are hysterical about it, existential, they call it. It's an existential threat, meaning it threatens our very existence. It's the end of the world. Now, one could argue that because of the seriousness with which the Democrats treat this issue, the issue of climate change, in contrast to the cavalier approach of Republicans, that Democrats enjoy a significant political advantage with voters who are concerned about climate change. But does that mean that Democrats want climate change? No, of course not. That's insane. And it certainly doesn't mean that Democrats cause climate change? Are they secretly pumping billions of tons of CO2 into the atmosphere every year from secret Democrat CO2 factories in order to increase the severity of the problems so that they can win more votes each election cycle? Again, no. That is insane. And yet that is exactly what the Democrats are accusing Donald Trump of doing. Kate Bedingfield, Biden's deputy campaign manager, claimed last Sunday on Fox News Sunday that Trump has been, quote, trying to incite violence all summer, end quote. That's not a joke. That's really what she said. He's been doing that. He's been leading. It's exactly the opposite of what we've been seeing from Trump, who's been trying to incite violence this entire summer. Just wait a second. <laughs> the president is inciting violence. And this has obviously become a Democrat talking point. Uh, Biden, Pelosi, Wheeler, Biden surrogates, pretty much every other Democrat politician and mainstream media outlet, they're all saying this. And, I mean, you know how they are. They get some talking point from the Democrat National Committee, and then they all repeat it like good little soldiers. But here's the thing. They can refuse. On an individual level, Nancy Pelosi could refuse to say this. Joe Biden could look at these notes and refuse to repeat them. He can, he can listen to the proposed idea, and he can say, I can't say that. That's ridiculous. No one will believe it. That's just stupid. Who came up with that? Not going to happen. He could do that. But he didn't say that. Instead, he went right out and publicly stated this as his position. And it's insane. And okay, we're all used to leftists saying insane things, but this is pretty bad. And in fact, I think Biden may have actually made a fatal miscalculation here because I, I don't even think Democrats will believe this. The accusation that Donald Trump wants violence is such an egregious lie that not even Democrats will believe it. 
So, okay, so what if Democrats don't believe this one lie? So what? What's the big deal? Here's the big problem with that. This might actually force Democrat voters to wake up. The scales may fall from their eyes. They may finally realize that the Democrats have been lying to them all along. And that, for Biden's presidential campaign, that is deadly. But it's also deadly for every other Democrat running for office in 2020. How might this happen? How might this one lie red pill thousands of Democrat voters? Well, I really do think this can happen and there really is a rationale behind it. In film theory, there is a concept known as suspension of disbelief. You may have heard this term before. The concept of suspension of disbelief is the suspension of judgment concerning the implausibility of a narrative in order to enjoy a work of fiction. That is, according to Samuel Taylor Coleridge. According to Mr. Reagan, sometimes we all just want to enjoy a stupid movie, so we try not to think about it too much. Essentially, every fiction is a hypothetical question. What if these things were real? And what if these things happened? How would that play out? It's like a thought experiment. And there is an unspoken agreement between the writers of a fiction and the consumers of that fiction. We enter into an agreement when we walk into a theater or open a book that we're all going to accept this hypothetical reality and we're going to go along on this thought experiment and we're going to see what happens. And this is a good thing. Stories help us to work through difficult questions. Some stories bring us new insights into ourselves and the world around us. Some reaffirm our ideas that we already have and some challenge our preconceptions and some are just fun and funny. But the point is that stories help us think through ideas. The Democrat political philosophy is exactly the same. And the Democrat political philosophy might also be a good thing if only it too was presented as fiction. But the Democrat political philosophy, well, Democrats actually pretend that's the truth. They don't present it as a hypothetical, as a thought experiment used to think through some fascinating what if. They present their fictional version of the world as the way the world actually is. And people actually believe it. The proposed facts in their fantasy world may go against the actual lived experiences of the very Democrats that accept this false reality. And yet Democrat voters suspend their disbelief anyway. They just accept it. They do this precisely in the same way that we suspend our disbelief when we go to watch a film. And I can give you examples of this. For instance, how many openly racist white Americans have you met in your life? The answer is probably zero. But for some, it might be one or two. But contrast that with how the Democrats present it, how CNN presents it. The way they talk about racism, you'd think that every white person in America was a racist. But our life experiences just don't reflect that. And yet, people believe it. They'll say things like, well, I just don't hang out with those kinds of people. Or, well, I, I live in a part of the country that we don't really have racists. I once met a girl from Arkansas, radical left Democrat. And I presented this idea to her. And she looked up at me, eyes wide. And she said, you know what? I'm from Arkansas. And actually, I've never met a racist. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was a pretty amazing moment, so seeing her realize this truth. She's still a radical left Democrat, but I think now, at least, she doesn't entertain any illusions about masses of racist white Americans. But getting back to suspension of disbelief, the Democrats have convinced their voters that Republicans are all racist, that Trump is a white supremacist, and that the American prison system is the new slave plantation. Just 
absolutely stupid stuff. And the Democrat voters, they just go, yeah, okay, that that all sounds right to me. They're just ignoring reality. Now, imagine you watch a, a Harry Potter film, the first one, The Philosopher's Stone, and you go in and you watch the film for the first time. It's, a gr- it's great fun. You know, there's the Hogwarts castle, there's flying on broomsticks, there's a dragon, there's magical wands, an enchanted forest. You get immersed into the magical world. You're com- you completely forget that you're in a theater and that there's a city street outside and modern skyscrapers in your car and the responsibilities that you have. You're utterly enveloped in this magical world of beautiful fantasy. But then... At the end, Tom Cruise shows up in a super spy tuxedo and a flying saucer appears and Harry and Tom are abducted by aliens. End of film. Suddenly, you're torn out of the world of Harry Potter. You see this random recognizable movie star from another movie genre altogether and then they've mixed in this third alien genre into it and and suddenly we're not in Hogwarts anymore. We've been jarred out of the fantasy and we stop believing the fiction. We, We stop suspending our disbelief. This is why filmmakers don't typically switch genres at the end of the film. But here's the thing. The same thing can happen with a political philosophy. There can be a jarring inconsistency that shakes people out of their delusion. A wake-up moment. A moment where you look around and you say, wait a minute. None of this makes any sense. And you just stop believing it. I think this claim by Joe Biden and the other Democrats, that Trump wants the violent riots, that he, in fact, caused the violent riots. If this ridiculous assertion is pushed hard enough, it may be the moment that wakes up many Democrats. No matter how racist you think Donald Trump is, no matter how sinister, it just doesn't make sense that these riots are in any way his fault. Now, this is obvious to Republicans, but it's also obvious to Democrats. But of course, not for the same reasons. To a Democrat, the riots are a justified manifestation of the anger many black Americans have over the killing of George Floyd and thousands of other unarmed black men year after year. Never mind that there aren't thousands of unarmed black men killed by police year after year. Last year there were nine, but that's what they believe. So to Democrats, there is a reason for the riots, and it's not Donald Trump. In fact, the rioters hate Donald Trump. So the idea that the violence is Donald Trump's fault, it, it just won't compute in the minds of most Democrats. I mean, this really is a bizarre idea for the left to push. I honestly don't think that they really thought this through. I think that they saw the polling data and they panicked. And in the midst of that panic, you know, this was the idea that they came up with. The reason I mentioned the polling data, Don Lemon mentioned it the other day, just before Biden came out with this little Trump theory. Chris, as you know and I know, it's showing up in the polling. Mm -hmm. It's showing up in focus groups. So, yeah, I think Don Lemon and Joe Biden's people in the DNC, they were all looking at the same report. They recognized this problem, and this was their slapdash solution. So do I think that this will be the thing that pushes Donald Trump to victory? No, I actually think that Trump will win in any case. But it's just one of the many little things that will probably contribute to that victory. Now, maybe I'm right about this and maybe I'm not. Who knows? We may never know. People aren't always aware of the little moments that impact them, the little things that lead them down a path of investigation and discovery that changes their whole lives. But now we have social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. So if anyone is impacted by this and they do recognize it, maybe we'll hear about it. 
I hope that we do. Well, that's it for me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they have yet to be red-pilled. Good night. President Washington began this tradition in 1790 after reminding the nation that the destiny of self-government is finally staked on the experiment entrusted to the hands of the American people. For our friends in the press who place a high premium on accuracy, let me say, I did not actually hear George Washington say that. (laughs) 